Two runners for the Twins tonight. A walk in the third, another in the sixth. A 1-1 serve. Swinging a base hit out into right center. A rise breaks up the no-no. And Dillon just put his hands on his knees. That was a solid base hit. And he gets a standing ovation. And Ethan Katz will walk out and they'll talk it over. All hail Caesar. ESPN 1000. Yes, it's Xander and Hanley on a rainy Sunday morning. Boy, I'll tell you something. Brian, when I walked out of here yesterday, I said to Jake, I hope something dramatic happens tonight so we have something to talk about tomorrow. I did not imagine that kind of dramatic. I I can't wait to hear from anyone who was at the ballpark last night because we always talk about how, you know, anytime you go to a game in person, you have a chance of seeing something you've never seen. Now, you didn't see the no-hitter, but you talk about Dylan Cease didn't even have his great stuff early, right? I mean, he ended no. up with, what, seven strikeouts? Yeah, seven. That's, I, you know, he's had uh, 12, 13 before this season oh, in, in a game. So, yeah, that wasn't like, his best stuff. He was averaging like 10 a game. Yeah. And, and, but the, the electricity that he brings and the confidence that he brings to that mound um, – and I'm I'm still crushed that you know he's not on the north side. He what he's only that's twenty six. Yeah, you know, twenty six years old. Yeah, I was hanging with my son yesterday, and I reminded him of that trade. I said, you know, everybody used to say, "Oh my God, Aloy Jimenez, that's the big piece, that's yep, the big piece," absolutely. and obviously, that's not necessarily the case, and it hasn't been all season. Cease Aloy, is the big one in that trade. Aloy was heard from yesterday too. Yeah, um, yep. because the White Sox all of a sudden realized they can hit home runs. I mean, it, it's like every game you're going to get a couple. You go, oh, there's a grand slam. Um, I, I just, I, I'd love to hear from a Sox fan to to give us a sense, a scene setter of what it was like being it, in that crowd yeah, on your feet, mm-hmm. on your feet, waiting, hoping that Luis arrives. And that was no joke. I mean, the exit below on his single was 100.7. I think you worked uh, at, at that station at one point in your career. What? Yeah, you know, I did. Actually, yeah. <laughs> quite literally. Thank you for the reminder. I had to. I had to try to remember, but yes, I did. Did you one hundred point seven? Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, they were rocking and rolling there, Mark Sander. Um, uh, you know, no doubt. In <laughs> I saw on Twitter right away last night, and you know what? Look, we love the meatheads. We're meatheads ourselves sometimes. But yeah, you know, you see something like, well, they should have walked them. There's no way you walk purposely walk a rise. Uh, even not so purposely, no, you, just, you have you to challenge him. And, and earlier in the game, he got him to pop up. So, I, yeah. look, I, if Dylan, Dylan probably would like to have that particular pitch back, he kind of probably, he put it somewhere where he, I'm sure he did not intend to. And Arise, you know, when he came up, it's like, I cannot believe this is the best hitter in this situation. This is a challenge. And, you yeah, know, take you nothing you, away from Dylan. You don't cheapen a no hitter by no. You can't. You absolutely can't. You absolutely no. cannot. And you, and, you, and plus, you struck him out earlier in the game. That's too. that's my that's my point. You have to go after him. You have to challenge me. He did. Yeah. He did not. Uh, you know. Again, you'd probably like to have that pitch back. But yeah, you know. Look, uh, a one a one hitter. Yes, no hitters are cool. But I mean, yeah, we we killed him. We killed a team that we are driving after. And if Dylan got this close. He'll have a no-hitter sometime in his career. Unless yeah, yeah. Uh, bar something terrible happen, he will. 
Only He's got 26, only 26 years old. It just, I mean, you really you root for that guy. He's just been so consistent throughout the season and in in with a team that's been so inconsistent. Everyone's had their moments of up and down, and he's pretty much been the same guy throughout. Yeah, he's a and, consistent part in a bunch of inconsistency for sure. Yeah, and so at 312-332-3776 if you were out there. And, you know, it's a 13 to nothing game, but there seemed to be playoff type energy in the crowd mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. the balls were going over the fence and Dylan Cease interesting you know we'll uh, hopefully uh, hear from him in just a minute or two here but in the post game but he said he didn't start thinking no hitter till the fifth or sixth inning because he didn't really feel like he had his great stuff and and Sebi uh, Savala said he thought even in warm-ups he thought there was something as he said in the air and and after the third inning he thought this could be that's early, really. Yeah, wow. right. Yeah, um, and and so you know they've been working terrifically together too. So you know, just great stuff. Um, I, you know, it's it's still there are two back of Cleveland, one back of Minnesota, and the percentages still say it's not going to happen. But within four days, and by the way, you know Tony's not here, and Miguel Cairo's got a four game win streak going mm-hmm. and. The team just looks different. It just feels different, yep. right? Energy. Yeah, Miguel's having a lot of fun in the dugout with the players. He's kind of like one of them. And one of our callers yesterday brought up uh, Gonzalez and, you know, just... And he got his first uh, Major League home run. Oh, man. I mean, I just the, the he's he's out there. You notice him every game, right? Yep. I mean, it's just... It's, it just feels different. That's all I can tell you. You know, we've got Jeff in the uh, north suburbs. He was there yesterday. Hey, Jeff, welcome into ESPN 1000. Hey, how you doing, fellas? Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Yeah, so, man, I'll tell you, leading up to that to that point, uh, like an inning before, we were all doing the wave all of a sudden. And, it's like, and Dylan was, like, feeding off of the scene, like, because, like, he had, like, a, a one, uh, that, that one uh, inning where he was striking everybody out. So then when he comes back out to the ninth and he's facing the rise, we're all watching, and I'm thinking to myself, if he throws this guy a slider down towards his left foot, he can get him. But he threw it. But he threw it. Uh, he just threw it too straight for him. Yeah, he did. He and he would like to have that pitch back. But again, you got to go and challenge that guy, and that guy is the one that could hurt you, and he did. Yeah, but uh, it was it was exciting. It was just electric all the, the whole game. You could just see it building up. You know, we were paying attention to the pitch count because a couple of people, people in my group we were just looking and saying, hey, his pitch count is kind of low. He's yeah. gonna, then then the strikeouts started to come in, and I'm like, oh, wow, he's, he's headed somewhere here. That was his 99th pitch that Arise hit. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. Well, thank Appreciate you for the uh, thanks for the uh, check-in on that. Uh, glad you were there, Jeff. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Um, thank you. you know, it's... Uh, it must have been, obviously, he said it was electric. You could tell on TV. I'm not sure what the uh, crowd number was. Maybe we can find that out. I think it was a 31,655. Okay, all right. Come and prepped. All right, I like that. Um, yeah, nice nice crowd and certainly gives us a lot to uh, a lot to be thankful for today as White Sox fans. We've got two against the Twins. We're two games out. It's one game at a time, but it does feel different. It looks different. Um the the energy is there. It just seems like they're having fun. I know that uh, I, I can't remember who. It was. Oh, it was D Row um, on uh, the morning show on MLB Network. 
he was saying something like the message can't be go out and have fun. The message has to be go out and start winning. You know, don't worry about the fun stuff. That's probably a little light of a message, but seems like it's working. Seems like they're having fun. Remember what Ozzy famously said when he was the manager? Someone asked him about that. He said, fun is winning and winning is fun. They go hand in hand. Yeah, right? so it's hard to go. separate them, for yeah, sure. that's right. And and uh, I think Romy Gonzalez said yesterday after the game that they, the, he feels a different energy. Like people want to, the players want to get to the ballpark. And, you know, he can feel it in the clubhouse before the game. And, and, and again, it's just four game win streak, right? But Tony's not here. God bless him. And he it just he even said he gets a sense that everyone like after last night can't wait to get back there today, and that by what he didn't say is basically he didn't feel that throughout the rest. I of was going to say what I, what changed. I mean, we'll never know. But as fans, it's like this is a light switch moment. What changed there to to wake up all of this talent? What changed? How did that make a difference? Very interesting. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Elvis Andrews hit a grand slam. Now, if Tony were here, I made the joke when it happened. If Tony were here, would he have just lambasted Elvis for hitting that grand slam on a position player? Obviously, that was something that uh, stood out last season with Yermin. Um, uh, you know, it, it was uh, it was the, it's the part of the game, Brian, that I'm just I, I just don't like, and I don't know. Do they add more pitchers to the roster to kind of make this uh, right. non-issue in the future? Right. I hope so because I can't. As soon as it, they were losing seven nothing, they put Gordon in. It's like I can't stand it. It's it's a uh, it's a bit of. Um, but can you imagine being like the designated uh, wipe, wipe up guy? Like, well, Harrison's if, ours. I know. No, I mean, like if you were actually a pitcher, right? Yeah. If they only went to you when you're either up seven or down seven. Instead of using a position player, you know, let's get Joe uh, the schmuck in the bullpen. You know, he comes out. You know, Joe's got a beer in one hand. Like that—that's your job. You're, the only time your your the phone rings for you, it's it's you know, it's when it's out of hand yeah, and right, you're yeah. just trying to you're try you can't put the fire out, but you're just trying to uh, you know yeah. uh, yeah. maintain. We don't want to use a shortstop. Let's right. just use the guys. We wouldn't put him in in a high leverage situation. Oh look, we're up seven. Yeah, and Bal, uh, Rocco Ball uh, Deli, the manager for the Twins. I mean, he waved the white flag when they were up, like you said, seven nothing in the fifth. He, oh, Carlos Correa and, and Kepler, come on, you're done for the night. I mean, he knew against Dylan Cease, they're not coming back. Yeah, that he, speaks a lot. That speaks to Dylan and how dominant he was last night. But yeah. it's still, you don't like to see that. And and certainly, if you expanded the roster and you added a couple of pitchers that were uh, on the bubble from the minor leagues, you put them in in that situation. Although that could be a confidence record, but. Um, you know, it's interesting. I just, I, I don't like the way that that's happened. And to see Gordon in in the seventh inning, well, I mean, uh, I, yeah, it was, well, no, it was seven nothing in the fifth, right? Is that when they put him in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yep, uh, absolutely. Ridiculous. Hey, we, uh, I, I want to get this in here. Uh, Cease with Ken Rosenthal post game uh, yesterday after the White Sox beat the Twins 13 nothing. Dylan, complete game shutout. Difficult to be disappointed with that. But what are your emotions right now after coming so close? Uh, I am disappointed, but like you said, to win, CG, um, I'll take it. But yeah, it's a little disappointing. The at-bat with a rise, what was your approach? Did you think about possibly pitching around him? Yeah, I I didn't want to give him anything too much, uh, too good to hit. But, uh, you know, I I didn't want to fall behind and walk him either. So 
Just try to get it down, and uh, he got to it. When did you get the feeling that tonight could be special? I think around the sixth. Um, you know, I really got dialed in with my fastball command, and they had been swinging so early that I was at like 40-something or 50 pitches through five. So, um, you know, I knew I knew from there I had a chance at a CG at the very least. Now, you guys had a long eighth inning, six runs scored. Yeah. How did you keep your focus? Uh, when you got a no-hitter on the line, it's not hard to stay focused. What will you take from this game ultimately? Uh, you can't ever, you can't ever uh, take a pitch off. Not that I did take one off there, but um, it's not over till it's over. So, um, you know, he, I'm sure he wanted to end it as much as I wanted it. So, um, you know, good for them and, uh, yeah, good win for us. Dylan, congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, I tell you something, it was so great to watch. And, and when uh, when we buried that team, you know, Arise had a smile on his face because, you know, they couldn't do anything else. That's all they could do, Brian, is yeah. break up that no-hitter. And, and he and, had to challenge him, and it didn't work out. And, and Jeff, our caller, mentioned um, that the, they realized the pitch count wasn't that great. And he just mentioned it there. to get. He thought, okay, I'll get the CG at least, complete game. But if Tony was there, I'm not sure he would have. Um, 40 pitches through four innings. It took him 50 pitches to get through five, 71 through six, and he ends up with 103 pitches, 68 of those for strikes. And it, once he got his fastball command, he started bringing in that slider more, mm-hmm. and that that's what our eyes hit. He had a one uh, a one 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 slider, and yep. they got too much of the plate. So um, I, I that's a good point there. Tony might not have let him go that far, and. Yeah. And that is something that uh, I've struggled with, you know, as far as Tony's philosophy is sometimes just being a little too hands-on mm-hmm. and not letting pitchers get through, you know, maybe some trouble spots and, and find their way. And, and these, uh, you know, a guy like Dylan Cease, he finds his way. That is a confidence builder, and that's how pitchers build a career. They have to find their way out of trouble. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. And they, he did it on national TV. Okay, now I know a lot of people were watching Ohio State Notre Dame, and truth be told, when they went up four nothing in the first, I kept flipping back and forth, you know. And then you know, it's getting on, until it got serious with the no hitter. I would spend more time watching Notre Dame, you know, keeping Ohio State in check for a while. But it's national TV. He's in the Cy Young conversation. He wasn't an all-star. Shame on everybody. Um, but that doesn't hurt you when, you know, baseball voters are out there watching that, too. Yeah. They're, they're aware of you. They know the numbers. They've probably seen you once or twice this year. But it doesn't hurt at this stage of the season to, to have that uh, broadcast on national television for everyone to see how great this guy is. No doubt. And if he would have been able to get that no-hitter last night, he was the Cy Young Award winner. Mm, that wow. I think that I think that might have sealed it. Now wow. look, look, I, I I I think he still has a pretty good chance. Verlander yep. is still hurt, I believe. Yep. Uh, he mm-hmm. came out. We don't know how long he's going to be out, but that if he would have gotten that no hitter last night, that would have sealed it. Well, I believe it, it didn't hurt him for nope, sure. Not at all. <laughs> not even a one hitter. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Back to take your calls after this on ESPN one thousand. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. 1-1, and Eloy hits a deep drive to right center, and that baby's going to go! It's a three-run homer! 
Four batters in, it's 4-0. The 0-2, and there's a high fly ball out in the deep left. Romy Gonzalez has hit his first major league home run. Three runs shot, the second such homer for the White Sox tonight, and it's 7-0. Andrews high and deep, if it's fair, it's gone, and it is a home run. A grand slam for Andrews. It's 13 to nothing. You know this song, Brian? I love it. Ralph yeah. Covert. Ralph, my buddy Ralph Covert. Covert. Haven't seen him in a few years, but uh, great guy. Love this band. The Bad Examples from Chicago. Here's the hook. Nope. They ain't dead yet, Brian. Got to give them their due. Yeah. I said they were dead a month ago, but there's a different feel uh, on the south side. I called it just it. last week, that Diamondback series. Yeah. I hated it. But look at this. And and you know what? Remember that fake news on how we could only win with Tim Anderson? Oh, boy. Remember oh that? Oh, boy. Yeah. And, and Yoan Mankata yeah. and Luis Robert? These are mm-hmm. big stars, allegedly big stars in on our team. And when they play good, when they play to their potential, they are. No doubt about it. Haven't really been a consistent, uh, uh, definitely uh, to certain degrees, haven't been consistent. TA's been out for a while. Mankata has been on and off the uh, IL. And, uh, you know, he he showed up. I mean, solid defensively. Sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, the bat has, has been there at times more often than not. It's not been yeah. there at times. And then Luis Robert, who has been solid when he's there, but he has, uh, you know, he's on paternity leave, could be back today. The wrist is still an issue. The wrist is still an issue. So we're doing this without some of our big guns. So should you feel optimistic about that? Or should you think maybe our caller yesterday said, you know, Tim Anderson, did you you said Tim Anderson? What do you do when he comes back? Yeah, because, yeah, because uh, you you have to have Andrew somewhere. You can't right. sit him. Now you know, and and TA the first couple of months it was the Sox won when TA did something right at the at yes. the plate in the field yeah. or whatever, and then since about I don't know mid June before he got hurt it, he was out there, but the numbers were going south and, and not. He, I mean. He he just didn't. He, he, he wasn't, wasn't the, playing up to his potential, no. and then he got, then he, you know he you know, bumped the umpire and suffered for that. Yeah. And, and it's been a few times where he's been you know suspended for ump involved type of uh, infraction. So yeah, it, it, it he wasn't the leader that we thought he was, and uh, you know not everybody has you know great years year after year after year and maybe this is just a bad year for him but when he comes back we'll need him but you can't take Andrews out of the lineup so it'll be interesting to see because you have Romy Gonzalez certainly uh contributing Jake Berger's been hurt but at some point you know is he going to be a factor uh it's it could be a good problem to have but Elvis Andrews has been a hell of an addition for this team I wonder if Sox fans feel like They'll be much more optimistic. You know, T.A. will be at the end of September, right? Um, that's the projection. Luis Roberts having the wrist looked at today, um, and we'll see, you know. Hopefully it's he, it's going to be for the Mariners season, right, series. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Yoan Mankata, again, you know, you miss his defense at times, but certainly the bat has been so inconsistent. And, and mm-hmm. you know, at times he, he looks like he's going to start going, and then it's only a game or two. Um 
do you still believe like I did a couple months ago, if if you were going to be a postseason team and actually win a postseason series or or more, I said your stars have to be your stars. I don't know that as I sit here today, I necessarily believe that. I, well, I mean, look to see what we've done without them, right? Yeah, and and again, it's now it's the Twins. You should be Kansas City. I mean, even though Kansas City is giving you fits to this, you know, this season, there there are seventy six, seventy eight, nineteen or seventy nine lost team. Um, but do you still believe that? All your stars have to be healthy and and on hand, all hands on deck to get you where you want to go. And again, the numbers still say you you have a long road to hoe here to get to the postseason. All right, and and we've done this periodically for the last two months, where BaseballReference.com or whether it's um, Five Thirty Eight or FanGraphs, they they do their algorithms and they do their projections and. The White Sox are now after yesterday's win, so they're a game within a game of the Twins and within two games of Cleveland. Yep, they are a twenty nine percent probable uh, postseason. What was game. it yesterday? It was like four, was it fourteen? Yeah, they, it was. It went up fourteen point two percent in one game. That's a nice and, jump. And the correlation, of course, Cleveland lost. They they lost eleven point eight percent. And it's interesting because even though the White Sox are a game behind the Twins in the standings, right? Um, they the White Sox ever so slightly have a higher probability to win uh, to be a playoff team over Minnesota, so the Sox are twenty nine percent even, and the Twins are twenty eight point eight percent. So even after the great game last night, the energy Dylan Cease being Dylan Cease and almost getting the no no, you got to go out and get. I said you have to sweep this this uh, series because I guarantee you, if you lose today, you're probably going to drop ten percentage points in this algorithm and someone on twitter said the one thing these algorithms don't take into account and this is mean spirited but we should talk about it the no tony factor someone pointed that out they put the graph up on twitter and said even though this shows you a one in three chance or not even uh, to be a postseason team and you have to win the division you got no shot you have a, a 0.5 percent chance to be a, a wild card team mm-hmm. you have to win this division i mean that might be mean spirited but again, there's a different feel in these last four games. Hey, there's no, yeah, there, you can't ignore that. There definitely is a different feel. And, and right, you don't want to say it's attributed to Tony, but it may be. Uh, look, Miguel Cairo, I don't know. They, they had a players-only meeting. I don't know what they did in there. They aired it out. And all of a sudden, they're cheering each other on. They're having fun. They're hitting home runs. The home runs matter. They're getting great pitching. Lucas Giolito is pitching today. Last game out, not a good outing. We need a good one from him today. And then after this series, we see another team that is good. They're not Royals-like. They're, the Mariners are a decent team. They're a very good team, and that's going to provide a nice challenge, too. And this is the time to string together some wins because getting ready for the postseason, if we can make it there, this is the time to do it. And again, our stars have to be our stars, but some of them are not on the field right now. So we're making it happen without them on the field. And when they do come back healthy, we have to find a way to work them in, yet still make the right decisions to keep the right players on the, on the field to, you know, to get these W's. So yeah, I'd love to hear from Sox fans on your feelings about the guys who are doing it currently versus the guys who are expected to do it and getting paid the big money to do it. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. And you, sir, did you say you're good friends with Ralph Covert? 
I, I, we're old buddies. I haven't seen him in years, but oh, we're, I mean, we're I, old I, buddies. Okay. I, I mean, I loved his music. I loved uh, the bad examples, and I loved his solo stuff. And then he, I think he made Big Bank when he started doing Ralph's World, the, the children's yes, stuff, Yes, he right? did. Yes, he did. I yeah, mean, he started doing, yeah, I mean, top-selling albums and, and going around, and you know, people would bring their kids to, to his shows. Mm-hmm. So he reinvented himself. Yes, he did. Um, I saw a real cool thing on, on Twitter today. Did you see this Taylor Hawkins, the 16-year-old son? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Shane, no doubt. Shane. We're, we're going to talk about that yeah. uh, when uh, you know sometime before we get out of here at 1230 because uh, I saw a bunch of that I, you know, between the socks and everything going on and hanging out with some friends. Uh, my attention span was all over the place, and I sure. tried to pay attention to as much as I could. But, yes, Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters, who passed away tragically, they had a tribute concert for him, one of two, in uh, one that took place last night was in London. Later on this month, they'll have one in L.A., and we'll talk about that. Yeah, I wanted to talk about, like, cool rock and roll moments that you've experienced, you know, like a concert that still resonates or something happened in that concert that and I'd love to hear from you because of your great experience. Oh, yeah, um, there's been a few. There's been a few uh, very memorable things, yeah. like uh, like the Stanley Cup being brought up on stage and uh, yeah, those stuff kind like of that, things. We'll right? talk about yeah. that if you have any of those experiences. Art is on the line. We're going to get to him after we get back here talking White Sox baseball and uh, Dylan Cease and that wonderful performance. The bats are coming alive. Home runs are being hit. What has happened? And can we keep it going? 312-332-3776. It's ESPN 1000. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. From the old National Bank studio on State Street, it's ESPN 1000. Xander and Hanley watch us on Twitch today, every day. Twitch.com. I mean, twitch.tv backslash ESPN Chicago. ESPN 1000 Chicago. Let me do that again. Twitch.tv backslash ESPN 1000 Chicago. I need more coffee. So uh, as if last night wasn't exciting enough, um, you know, we've got some phone calls to get to. Art has been hanging on, and he's got a question for us. Art's in Evanston. Hey, Art, what's up, buddy? Hey guys, good morning, good show. Hey Brian, I've been following you since the days of Northwestern basketball, where we used to talk uh, in the gym there. So sure, you're, you're yeah, great. I remember. Yeah, that's great. Not not a fo- yeah. not stalker following, right? No, 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 <laughs> just frustration. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, <laughs> they, were into, things, they were uh, intimate. They were intimate gatherings back in the day. You yeah, they, they were. They were. They were. <laughs> Couple things. Uh, first uh, comments. I really liked what I saw Friday. I actually saw the manager out there uh, tussling with Rocco uh, uh, when yeah. Minnesota hit uh, Vaughn. I think that's, again, no criticism of Tony. I wish him the best, but I think that's a good sign that the manager is out there showing the team. I think also uh, when uh, they won that game, you saw Lance Lynn uh, really show some leadership uh, for the team, uh, kind of running out on the field. And, and interesting, we watched Pollock. We were at the game. Pollock actually pulled some of the players away from the plate to make sure they scored the winning run and sent Abreu off to first base. That's what I think we're hoping for. I think Andres, um, uh, Pollock, and Lynn can really provide that leadership. I'm less, I'm more counting on them than some of the younger players. And then my question for you guys is what we struggled with we were watching the game at home last night is would you have 
love the Sox. As much as I love seeing them pound the, the Twins, um, and I think Tony's against kind of that piling on when you put a position player on, but I was glad to see it in one way, but I kind of hated to see Dylan C sitting there in the dugout for that extended uh, eighth inning. Uh, if you were the manager, I guess, would you have told those guys, hey, let's lay off, let's get them out there and give them a shot at the no-hitter? I, we just didn't know if that was the right move or not. So thanks for it. Thanks, yeah, Art. Yeah, today. thanks, Art. Appreciate sure. it. Uh, you know what? Uh, look, I... I've already stated I cannot stand the whole position player thing. Last year when that whole thing happened with Yermin and Tony publicly dressed him down for, you know, taking a shot and hitting that home run off a position player. I, you know, you put a position player out there, you wave the white flag, the game ain't over. You, you, you're uh, in for whatever you're in for. And, and for them to, you know, get, I guess the question would be, did Dylan sit too long and that was the cause of losing the no hitter? I don't think so. Not at all. Yeah, and I mean, Ken Rosenthal asked him, you know, it, it's just like Art said that, you know, that was a long eighth inning. Yeah. Did you, you know, lose your focus? And he said, when you have a no hitter going, you don't lose your focus. No, no. Um, but, but, I mean, it, you can argue. I mean, it, it certainly it took longer than a normal inning would. And I'm with you, Mark. I mean, I get it's not really baseball when a position player is out there, you know, and let's go. Well, nobody let's, forced their hand, though. That's what I'm saying. They put themselves You're, in it, the position. Right, they did it. Yeah, and I, I don't feel bad for Baldelli or the team because, oh, we got to put Gordon in, and, oh, please don't hit a home run. No, you know, if you're waving the white flag, unless they change the rules and there is a white flag rule, or, or they expand, as we were talked about, expand the roster and you get a couple more pitchers so you don't have to do something like that and burn through the arms that you're going to count on for the next few days. You know, it, it is what and, it is. And, and, and you know what? This is the team you've got to leapfrog first before you get to Cleveland. Right. So emotionally, how you know how do they show up at the rate today? And when you hear Romy Gonzalez saying that guys want to get back to the clubhouse and each day feels like it's different, they want to go back and get on the field and win another game, Emotionally, you have thirteen nothing, and they come within uh, one batter of a no hitter, uh, being the victims of a no hitter. That you know that might take a little bit of the air out of the Twins. That's exactly right for the Twins. Yeah. The, them coming here down two games and getting beat like they were yesterday. Yeah, that's a you know they look. They can certainly respond very angrily. They sure. are missing some key players, and you know I I don't know to what degree that's helped, but we are performing up to our potential and uh yeah coming back to the park you know that's it's kind of tough after a night like that so we need that emotional uh, edge as well yeah you haven't had enough of those games no you know it, it before uh the the uh game on uh was it thursday the the Sox hadn't won uh, a, a game by three or more runs since eight to two in texas on august 7th they haven't had laughers. They haven't had the the. the I think they had games. one this year, and it yeah. wasn't this extreme. Right, and so I mean, it was almost a month's time before you won a game by three runs. You won by thirteen. I mean, it's you. You should give yourself a few more of those games so they're, you're not sitting there trying to claw back from a two run deficit in the eighth. I mean, and the stress of 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 you know nursing a one run lead and having the bullpen. You, playoff teams have a lot of those games where they just show up and win by four or five runs, you know, a couple times a week. And we were on the losing end of a couple of those laughers. I was at a game with my son where Josh Harrison pitched the Red Sox, yeah. and uh, they they beat us, and we had to put Josh in. And he's been in a few times. So, 
It's just unfortunate that it's been happening so much in recent years. But again, it is what it is, and we'll take it. Al is in. Uh, no, let's go to Owen. Owen, our old friend Owen here in Willowbrook. Owen, you're on ESPN 1000. Good morning. Hey guys, um, baseball in my mind is contagious, both in positive and negative ways. With the players that they're playing today, with uh, Andrews, mm-hmm. uh, obviously Vaughn, uh, Gonzalez. Yep. The, the other day, that Davis had a five inning uh, shutout against the Twins. You know, you, we can have meetings, we can talk about the managers, but what you see on the field, when players do the right thing, it becomes contagious. So when we get our so-called stars back. Guys that don't run out ground balls, guys that don't bust it on an out, a, a single to, to center that could have been a, that turns you into a double against you. I think it's important that when those guys come back, they sit a few games and they see what's happening on the field. Maybe that will wake them up. Maybe they won't be so overconfident, and maybe they'll realize you have to grind to be in a pennant chase. Well, it's a good and point, and and Tim Anderson is on the bench and he's watching. Elvis Andrews do what he's doing, and I hope Tim is really paying attention. I I agree with that because that guy that guy to me is a talent. I don't think he's a smart baseball player, but he's a talent. He's got a harness. He's got to harness it. Yeah, and one of the things one of the things you've seen with uh, with Andrews is the guy's actually stolen a couple bases. Yep. He goes from first to third. You haven't seen you haven't seen uh, Anderson. He's a that. smart, a super he, smart baseball player, and that's yeah. what Anderson needs to do. He has to take his raw yeah. talent and, and be smarter in using it. Yes, and I think I think you can also the other thing that you see in the, in the 2005 season when we had starting pitchers and pitchers that were pitching real well, there was a competition among them because they saw how one did and how they were how good they were. And, and if you see what happened with Davis and then you see Cease, you can get a buildup off of those starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you have that, you get that good competition. It can also go the other way. Well, but we've I seen think, enough I, of that already, Owen. Yeah, and <laughs> the I, other way. And I, th- yeah. I think you have to have, I think you have to have the grinders out there that are doing what they're doing now. And that sends a message to the guys. That think they're better than they might be, might be, or not, or might be performing. Thanks, Owen. Uh, appreciate it. I think it's a great point, Brian. Uh, you know, a, a Tim Anderson and a Yoan Mincata, They're on the bench. They're hurt. They're not able to play, but they're seeing what's happening. And hopefully, this is they're learning from this. And the competition. Hopefully, Giolito says, "All right, Dylan. Uh, you know, and I. He he knows the pressure's on him to go out there and have a better day than the last start he had." Yeah, competition's always good. And, you know, Owen, and you're right. Yesterday you brought up the Lance Lynn thing. It's a little thing, but you're exactly right. When he put that first leg over the rail and just the look on his face, and he's like, we're going. And <laughs> yes. I mean, and, and quickly, there were two or three guys right behind him. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he turned around and said, let's go, boys. Giolito was right behind him. He I'm, was the I'm second seriously. one over. Yep. I mean, it, it's so, you know, it, you, they were talking about the swagger, right? Yep. And and Rick Hahn said, we got to start bringing, you know, show the swagger we That's had last it. year. That's it right there. That's we saw it. it. That's it. I yep. mean, you can't manufacture that, right? No, and, it's got to matter. It's got to be real. And God, God bless Lance Lynn. He's talked... I mean, he's brutally honest. You ask him a question, you're going to get an answer, right? You might not like the answer. He's not Mr. PC. He's just going to tell you what, how he feels, whether it's baseball or, you know, social issues or whatever it is. Um, but he backs it up more often than not. Except Obviously, that time he was fighting with uh, Joe at the yeah. third base coach. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That well, was funny. Yeah. That was funny. Think... But then again, that's that's that passion. That was a little weird, but this is different. And you're right. Lance is a leader. Elvis Andrews is a leader. And these are all guys that have been around a while. They've seen right. a lot. And yeah, the youngsters absolutely. have to pay attention to this. And Jose's a leader and he keeps doing it with his bat. And yeah. and Romy Gonzalez, I'm telling you. I did not have a lot of expectation when he came up, but I'll tell you, there's something about this kid. He, he's going to be an important part of our future. And a lot of playoff teams have those unsung guys, yep. or the guys who weren't on the radar. Oh, five, we had those yeah. unsung guys. And to Owen's point, I mean, Don Cooper used to tell me all the time, that starting four that they had, I mean, they would, if they didn't get to the seventh or eighth inning, they felt like they had failed the team because, it, you know, they tried to eat their, that, they tried to better each other, and there was a competition and a respect. And that team went through three closers, if you remember, right? Yep. I mean, that's unheard of. But that starting staff, you might not see one through four again because most managers and organizations don't let their guys go that long. But these guys expected to go to seven, eight, nine innings every time they, they took the ball in the ball. Well, uh, you know, that uh, Cease, no, or one hitter yesterday, almost no hitter, uh, very important for several reasons because it also – you know, as we talk about the bullpen, has given the bullpen a day off. Absolutely. And that's very important. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Al is on hold. We'll get to him. We'll get to your phone calls here on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. And Chicago's home for your White Sox. ESPN 1000, first pitch at 110. Giolito on the mound, Dylan Bundy for the Twins as the White Sox try to complete a needed sweep here at Guaranteed Rate Field. They won the first game of the series. Things are really changing, Brian. Dare I say the most important start to this point of the season for Lucas Giolito, who yeah, has probably no cost himself a little bit of money uh, as he uh, his contract uh, nears an end here with the White Sox because of his up and down season. Yep, yep, he has, he has, but uh, it's never too late to make amends. Nope. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Al is in Portage Park. Hey, Al, you're on ESPN hey. one thousand. What's up? Good morning, fellas. Hey. Thanks for taking my call as yep. always. So yesterday was a big, busy sports day, and there was a really cool sports moment at Del Mar yesterday. So they had, they said for the first time ever, they had the Larry O'Brien Trophy and the Stanley Cup in the same place. So Steve Kerr brought the Larry O'Brien Trophy, and Eric Johnson from the Avalanche brought the Stanley Cup because he also had a horse run in, in one of the features. So they brought the trophies together and congratulated each other. And Steve Kerr was like, hey, man, I'd love to drink, be able to drink a beer out of the Stanley Cup. Johnson said, oh, yeah, totally. We'll do that upstairs. Um, and Johnson's horse went on to lose. And then about an hour later, I don't know if you guys saw Flightline run, but man, that was, uh, dare I say, secretariat-like. Well, and let me ask you this, uh, Al. The, we're burying the lead. Yesterday was a mandatory pick-six payout at Del Mar. Did you have the winner? Uh, I didn't play the pick-six. Um, I actually... <laughs> Funny enough, I forgot that it was a mandatory payoff. Yeah, it's the only time you should play the pick six is when they're paying it out. You are right. You are right. I didn't play. I had I had to hit the pick five, pick fours, pick threes, um, and flight line was just outstanding. Yeah. Did, did you end up playing the pick six? I did. Uh, $200 later, I'm not so happy. But anyway. <laughs> oh, uh, 
The yeah. ups and downs of yeah. horse uh, betting. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> there are more of those downs. Yeah, ups, more downs. But, yeah, is that why they I call go. it Churchill Downs? <laughs> yeah, Churchill, I'm down, right? Yeah, that was totally cool to see uh, see Steve Kerr in a moment like that. Like, hey, I'd love to drink a beer out of the Stanley Cup. I wonder if and, the cup uh, was dented because remember he uh, yeah. one of the players dropped it going to for the team photo after the Stanley Cup uh, was won. Well, I think they, there's a I want to say there's a family or a place in Montreal that has repaired that thing forever, like generations. Uh, right, because right, yeah. It's been through it's been through a few things. Thanks, Al, the for the call. Yeah. yeah, you know it has been because yeah. when you let players take that for a weekend. I yeah. mean, they do the craziest things. And why Ooh. wouldn't you, right? It's the Stanley Cup. You get it for the weekend. So you take it on the boat with you fishing. You take it uh, skydiving. I don't know what you do. Yeah. But I've met the cup handler, the guy with the blonde hair, and I forgot his name. Nicest guy. Yeah, He's been doing white gloves on. And that, that's yep. his gig. That is his gig. That yep. Yeah. And, and he had so many great stories. Some I can't repeat. But I was lucky enough to uh, be around it, and uh, yeah, it it does you know, get Edzo, damaged a lot. It does Edzo, get really messed up. Edzo won it with the Rangers, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrific uh, series against Vancouver, and and a great series with the, the Devils leading up to that. I got the cover. Um, he took it, of course, to Belmont, <laughs> and it, there was some. Uh, it, it stopped. Did he strap it, so- it on his horse? No, but I think it was in his buddy's station wagon or something. But he took it to Belmont to show all the horse players what he just uh, helped uh, the Rangers win. So that was pretty cool. That that Stanley Cup has seen more of this world than anybody else has. No doubt, right? Absolutely. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. So we were talking about this a very special night last night uh, in Chicago sports with what happened on the South Side and in London. If you're a rock fan, Shane starts this song. Now, this is Shane Hawkins, son of the late Taylor Hawkins, playing with his dad's buddy Dave Grohl and his dad's band Foo Fighters, and my hero. I'll tell you something, Brian. I saw this on Twitter last night, and then I started watching it this morning. I had to stop. I was choking up. I had to stop. It was such a, uh, just an awesome I get chills now. It, it was an awesome, touching moment where you have Taylor Hawkins, who passed away at 50 years old. Uh, and this was uh, back in, uh, I, I've lost track, back in uh, maybe February, March. Yeah, a few months. Yeah, yeah it's been a few months. And uh, since then, the Foo Fighters have been radio silent, and they've been planning these uh, shows, these tribute shows to Taylor. One in London that happened last night, one in L.A. that will happen toward the end of the month. And both of these shows are going to have a lot of special guests and I mean, the list was long. I can't, I, I could pull it up. It would take uh, a long time to list all the people, but uh, Chrissy Hine from the Pretenders, one of my favorites. Wolfie Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen's son, playing now for the first time. And this was a big deal because, you know, when Eddie died, everybody's like, Wolfie, you got to play Van Halen. And he's very, very, um, let's say blunt and honest on Twitter. And he's a great follow on Twitter. He trashes everybody that comes after him. He does not suffer fools. He said, I'm not playing my dad's stuff. I'm just not. But he did for this concert. He played Hot for Teacher, and he just killed it. And so Shane, a lot of very cool moments in this the Shane, concert. Shane, on his dad's drum kit, Yep. 
Yep. And he's got the rock star hair. Uh-huh. And he, go, he nails the drum solo at the end. And is there goes my hero, which you would probably think he's thinking about his dad. Absolutely. That that's and that's uh, why it's killer to watch. I mean, yeah, it's Jason so, Isbell a... tweeted out, you know, rock and roll can bring you all the way down and it can bring you all the way up. And it mm. truly is yeah. anyone. And, you know, if you don't have music in your life, I, I can't imagine what kind of life that is. I really as much as I have a passion for sports and spend something I've been doing since I got out of school and very blessed to do it. If I didn't have live music and have an appreciation for all types of music, I mean, that, that, you know, I I don't want that life. Check me out of that one. No, I can't imagine my, my life has been filled with music from the get go. And I can, uh, I can thank my late father for that. He was into music and, he was into big band and stuff that I wasn't liking, but the intro of music and how important it was to him, he spread that to my my brother, who is a musician himself, and mm-hmm. myself, and uh, it, it just, I can't imagine a life without music, and and again, I, I when I have time this afternoon, after the White Sox game, I'm going to watch that, and maybe, uh, yeah, you know, have an emotional reaction, I'm sure I will, because I can't imagine that young Shane sitting at his dad's drum kit in front of all of those people. What, when I was his age, I could barely yeah. tie my shoes. Seriously, right? And he's got the rock star hair. He's got the like, rock star hair, and he's stepping up, and he's playing a song that's just breaking his heart because it yeah. has so much meaning. It has so much meaning to all of us. If you're a Foo Fighters fan, I had a chance to meet Taylor Hawkins. I met him very wow. briefly years very cool. ago backstage at a Joe Walsh concert in L.A. And, and uh, yeah, actually had a very nice conversation with Joe's daughter, Lucy, for a long time. Very nice lady. Anyway, so I met him briefly and had a conversation with him. And uh, you just never know what the future holds. And it's just so important to celebrate every day with the people around you because that was one of those rock and roll losses I don't think anybody could have imagined. No, and I'd love to open up the phone lines to to your cool, you know, the coolest concert you ever went to. And what Uh, happened at that concert? Because, again, like sports, sometimes you can show up at a concert and see something you did not expect to see. Absolutely. And I have a bunch of those stories. 312-332-3776. I mean, I have one concert that stands out uh, among all of them. And, and, you know, you'll be shocked. Springsteen's involved, but it's not a Springsteen concert. I was going to say, he's got to be in the equation somewhere. Well, yeah, I didn't fly to New York for nothing. Okay, okay. we'll, we'll talk about Square that. Garden, yeah. yeah, we'll take your calls, too. 312-332-3776. Back in two on ESPN 1000.